hey guys, I uh, read your emails and I want to apologize. No need to apologize, Nate. You've never done anything wrong in your life and you never will. Well, I know there was a few small mistakes in the intro last week, so I've made some edits and I think this should be our permanent intro from now on. That's incredible. You are so talented. Truly a gifted artist and wonderful friend. That's nice, guys. Thank you. You're listening to the North American Friends Movie Club. A show where we talk about films. Movies. And the cinema. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, Kate? Sure thing. I'm Kate. I'm a fighter pilot. I like firing up my jet plane and driving it around like a car, but in the sky. I do loop-de-loops and jitterbugs, and one time I shot a rocket at a boat to see what would happen. Other than that, I'm a pretty normal lady who is a millionaire and also a billionaire. How about you, Brenty? Very impressive, Catherine. My name is Brent. I'm a miserable wretch. I was born a poor little orphan boy in merry old London town. I'm like Oliver Twist, but it's even sadder because I don't like fish, and that's only the kind of food you can get in Europe. I was taught the ways of crime by a fellow named Sneaky Keith, and I spend most of my days picking pockets and snatching jewels off old ladies outside the opera hall. Eventually, I saved up enough to buy a boat, but the first night I had it, it some blew it up with a rocket. After that, I cried so hard all my teeth fell out. Ugh. I made new teeth and a broken bits of boat. And that's why my voice sounds like this. Other than that, my life is actually pretty chill. And I'm Nate. Let's start the show. doing a podcast (laughs) off to an incredible start well our show is called the north american friends movie club so friends comes before movie club so my friends how are you guys doing you go ahead kate how am i doing i think i'm doing good I was sad yesterday because it was the anniversary of my favorite grandmother. I, both my grandmothers are my favorite. I shouldn't say that. That's yeah, out of the bag now. Uh, four years ago, my grandma died today. And so I was sad, but I'm not actually sad. I'm just, you know, I'm thinking about her a lot. And she was a very funny lady and was a big flirt. And so, I don't know. I'm just thinking about my grandma today. So that's how I am. I did a lot of housework Sunday, and that felt good. Cleaned a lot of stuff, donated a lot of toys. Doesn't it feel amazing the day, few days after you clean your house? Like, especially if I clean my bathroom, I feel like I'm in a hotel. I'm like, damn. This yes. Is, this I, is living. That's probably what Brent feels like every day, because isn't yeah. he like a weirdo clean freak? I literally have a routine where I, I clean every day. Yeah. So I clean the bathroom every day, the living room, the kitchen bedroom the spare room i don't do the kids rooms because that's their deal but like i I like i fill a bucket with hot water and lysol and i wipe everything down i bet you don't even get pleasure out of it being clean more just pain if it's not clean i enjoy the 10 minutes that it's clean 
because before the dog is like chew up a toy or <gasps> oh is the, there a lot of hair if you don't do it not really but it's I have to do the floors every day. Like I have to like sweep them and mop them every day, which is annoying. And then I'll they'll be clean, and then the dogs will walk in, and I'll see something on the dog, and it will just fall off onto the floor, and I get irate in my head. <laughs> Seems normal. I know, right? <laughs> Honestly, though, I appreciate this because sometimes you go to people's houses and they got pets and they act like you know what's cleaning. What is that? What would that matter for anything? And kind of awkward. That's true. I think people get pet blind. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I think I was one of those people. What's the worst pet to own to be pet blind with? Cats. Cat. Easy. Oh, I was <laughs> just immediately easy. I was gonna say like a big snake. Ew. But like what's what? a, but like 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 what's a snake gonna do? It's in a little tank. Look at all these skins around the house. Yeah. Like shedding everywhere, and it's like living up in the ceiling tiles or in the microwave oh, or the fridge. Oh. You're talking about a loose snake. Yeah. Well, you know, there's you know, there's people that have loose snakes. Who does that? Weirdos. I'm so open minded, but you will never catch me in the house of someone with an open snake. No, <laughs> this is an open. Never. This is an open snake state. No, it's no the open snake people are weirdos. We know that. They know that. If you're listening to this and you got an open snake, like if he's listening to this. I don't think this snake stays out because snakes are cold-blooded and they have to be around that hot lamp. Now, now, there's snake people. Like, if you are listening they to this. They got hot lights look, all over their house. If you have to go look for your snake, then you're a weirdo. The snake should be in its little snake area. Basically, if you own a snake, here's how it's appropriate. It basically has to be the same thing as having a TV on with a video of a snake. That's the... Yeah, that's the same thing. In the aquarium, (laughs) it stay there. What's the point of having a snake? Like, what? They don't show affection. They can't... Like, if you just have them inside the, the tank, like... Oh, you have to feed them crickets and mice and shit. I don't get it. Maybe if you film a lot of music videos. Like if you rent it out to like parties and shit. Yeah, I get that. But I went to a birthday party and it was like they had an animal show. And I was thinking like animals, like a little baby goat or something. But it was like snakes and spider. I'm like, this is going to be a disaster. Oh, that's those are not animals. (laughs) Stupid. (laughs) What about you, Nate Dog? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I've been busy all week, but managing. I've been looking forward to this managing. What is the thing that you've managed the most successfully this week? Oh, actually, now that I think about it, because I've been so busy, I feel like I've been shitty at everything, but I've just been doing a lot of stuff, but not any of it particularly what was something you did very poorly that you'd normally do quite well on sunday i just didn't i uh i was late on doing my work stuff and then i was late on preparing for a meeting so i've been late i've been shitty at being late i was late for this recording i'm I got to rewind uh, the world 30 minutes and just catch up. And the clocks are going ahead this weekend. So you got to, oh, no. I know you're <laughs> fucked. Oh no. One of the books that um, I have clients read, it's about self-hate. And one of the signs that you hate yourself is that if you're often late. I, Cause here's the reason I was late for my whole world today was I woke up at a decent time 
And then I like was in bed and I was literally had the thought of like, man, I think sleep is the best thing on planet earth. And it's so good right now that if I were to waste this opportunity to have more of this good thing, I, I'd be wasting my one and only precious life. If you didn't sleep or you did sleep. If I didn't sleep, if I didn't just go right back to sleep and just enjoy that sleep ambrosia. Sleep ambrosia? Wow. No, sleep That's is so sleep. amazing. I it's hate like it. it's the uh the my favorite so it's a type of dissociating if you're someone that likes to take naps a lot, like it's actually a coping skill that you learn and I really like that is my way of dissociating from the world is that I take naps every day without fail. I can't fall asleep during a nap. And I, I get, it's like when I see somebody eat a lobster, I get jealous because they're enjoying it so much. And I want that feeling. And when people take naps, they're like, Oh, I love naps and I can't do it. I'm jealous. Do you take them when you're sick? No. When I'm sick, I try to fight it as hard as I can. Oh my God. I don't take medication. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. We talked about this before. You have know, to be, but it... you're just masking the symptoms. You're not getting better. Why are you prolonging your own suffering? What you're is not that prolonging prove? it. Yes, you're you just... are. You're suffering. You're actively suffering more than you need to, to prove what to who. It's like putting a dish towel over the sink with a sink full of dishes. Nothing's getting done. You just don't see it. So yeah, I know I can know when I we start all to know feel better. It's still there, but we don't have to look at the ugliness. I know I'm sick, but my headache isn't there. I don't get headaches very much. Oh my god! I know. <laughs> I can't nap because I'll if I actually fall asleep in the day, I'll sleep for four hours. Oh, I ambrosia! Have, yeah, I don't have the twenty minute ability. No, my naps are an hour. I take an hour nap. Ooh, an that's hour. Nice. That's. I, I love it, but I I could wouldn't be able to get up. I would wake up on a different planet. I do sometimes. Did you guys ever see the marine naps where you lay on the, the on your back and put your feet up on it like a? That couch? works. That works. It's like eight minutes. It's like that's nah, bullshit. No, it's real. Ah. It's awesome. I think it's. No, I'm not going to. Maybe your foot would heal, Brent, if nah. you took naps. No, because I did. I did sleep a lot when I had the surgery afterwards. Like I lay in bed and uh-huh. and nothing. Oh, so you did take naps when you were sick? Well, I was recovering from a major surgery. Yeah, I wasn't sick. That's no. That's a distinction. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna give it to him. Thank you. You're welcome. Anyway, <laughs> it's time for the final movie of our inaugural month marches for friendship our final movie was chosen by brent brent mm-hmm. what movie did you choose i chose the 1999 film oh sorry 1999 film life starring eddie murphy and martin lawrence which was an oddball off the wall choice for me it came out of left field it did i wasn't gonna go with it, it was a last minute decision it was a great choice i had never seen it just like I had never seen uh, Pick of Destiny. So I was delighted. And this is, the, this is the reason for our club. Yeah. And I found out Nick, my partner, has seen it like 10 times. 
Good job, Nick. So he was quoting parts of it while I was watching it for the first time. Interesting. We're going to learn a lot about Nick from what he likes. <laughs> he didn't like Pick a Destiny, but he watched Life 10 times. Like, okay, all right, okay. <laughs> That's good. I like that. That's I'm glad. Just the, added data the, point. Okay. The quoting of the, of the lines when you're watching it, is that a thing you liked or didn't like? He didn't do it too much. Um, but every time I would turn around, like there would be plot points that would happen and I would be surprised and I would turn around and he would be like, you could tell that he was trying to hide his face, like not trying to uh, telegraph what was going to happen next or. Yeah, you know. I'm like that when I watch movies with some people that never saw and then I know what's going to happen. And I'm like, you, I'm like trying to like mentally telepathically tell them to pay attention to this part because it's a major plot point you should just tell them that though brent just be like no no please stop talking this is a major plot point of this film i've seen because then i, I come off as like oh like i'm a movie guy well you're on a movie podcast yeah, no. no it'd be bad <laughs> if, if anybody thought this guy was a movie guy we'd be fucked yeah <laughs> yeah well true but i think i think this is a nice segue into my personal fa- favorite segment which is kate what Kate, what happened in this movie? Oh my gosh, I was just thinking that before we got on. Okay, so there's two main characters, Claude and Ray. Ray played by Eddie Murphy, Claude played by Martin Lawrence. And they're two young fellas in 1932 who uh, Claude is kind of getting his life together and is going to start a job as a bank teller. And Ray is kind of a shifty character, kind of a a charlatan, if you will. I will. Streetwise. Streetwise. Uh, they end up being charged and incarcerated, a murder that they did not commit, and uh, placed in the same prison together. Uh, the f- majority of the film takes place in the prison over four to five decades, uh, where Claude and Ray get into shenanigans and often try to escape. Their relationship develops. Because prior to this, they were not friends. They just kind of fell into the prob- the trouble together. And so the movie, I think, does a nice job of kind of showing the arc of, like, they become a family almost, I would say. And then the great ending where you think they died, but they escaped was awesome. That's really great. Thank you. That's, you did a great job. You did a great job. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. I laughed out loud several times. Good. I don't think I would have liked this had I seen it uh, in high school when it came out. I don't think it. I would have thought it was that funny. But now I thought it was fucking hilarious. To me, it's one of those movies that I saw when it came out. And then it was just always like a background movie I would always throw on. It was a bit like on and just watch it. Just because I just, it's not too like mentally straining you can laugh at the parts and just follow along and it's just one of those like feel good movies for me that i always watched and so i always found how they were forced to be friends and then that just naturally grew and then i started thinking like spending 60 some years with somebody it's like so you said that it's like a marriage it's like they got married to each other yeah and i was trying to relate it to my life and who would i want to like be in that situation with they really don't make movies like this very much anymore this had a very 90s 
like made me very nostalgic for just the style of movie that existed in the 90s and the early 2000s yeah, that's this kind was of like, released in a theater like yeah, <laughs> this would obviously be on netflix it would be r-rated now like if is if, it not r-rated it is r-rated yeah, I guess they say a lot of motherfuckers. It's his only R. It's Eddie Murphy's only R-rated movie since the Dolomite movie. Sure. So there was like his. Oh. I don't know how far apart, but yeah, that was the only R-rated ones. You know, remember he went on that fucking stretch where he did like a lot of like Norbit and all that bullshit movies. This was right in the beginning of his like. I think maybe I'll do in crazy amount of movie makeup in every single movie i'm in nutty professor norbit <laughs> meet the <laughs> meet the clumps i think that's one yes yeah, yeah, lawrence he was this, doing it too yeah he had the same makeup guy i think this movie is the only movie where that makeup guy did makeup for him but he only played one character yeah and i liked the uh they also wouldn't do the this kind of movie makeup anymore they it would be all digital oh. and it would like look all weird yeah. but it's more it's more fun to actually they're better at playing the part when they're in the makeup than when they're like have green dots on their face i just feel like that's true because you feel like an old man when you got the old man makeup on so you, you start being old it's like why i can't get into like the superhero movies like avatar and stuff because it's like i know they're all just acting in front of like a big screen with this funny helmet on with a bunch of dots on them yeah, it's just, it's not the same. It isn't. You guys sound so old. We are. We are. <laughs> you guys... It's true. I don't like that I can watch movies at home. <laughs> I need to drive my car and spend $20. There's something about knowing that an actor's actually in, like, a jail cell doing that scene or he's in you know a field in mississippi i like to know the guy is actually bleeding <laughs> you know i i'd rather see a puppet i'd rather see a puppet than a weird uh, computer guy that just even though it's fake we all know it's fake either way yeah i don't care either way i don't have an opinion about prosthetics versus digital when i watch this i know what i'm what's on the screen is happening when i'm watching Thor, I don't know who's who, what's happening. Why? Why don't you know what's happening? Because you're not because you're not thinking you're not being present and you're thinking about how they made the movie? I'm just thinking like there's no heart to it. There's no soul to it. <laughs> Mark R Ruffalo or Ruffalo turns into the Hulk and ah, I get so mad because it's not actually happening. How do you act with that? Nobody's knows no one's a good actor anymore, is what I'm saying. <laughs> dare you disparage mark ruffalo he's a computers can make people do anything you know who was a great actor in this movie but i should probably hold on to it who well you gotta save it for your oh Olympic my god medal i can't wait to talk about it but I, we what we can start talking about is what what parts of this movie did you guys like I have I have a lot. Yeah, um, let's hear. I'm just going to start naming some. Um, what a scene I really loved, and it, not the fact that it was super funny, but it just kind of brought everything together with the mindset of being a prison. Is when they're laying down at night, 
in that in the prison and they're talking about all the different jobs they would have at Ray's boom boom room. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh that it just puts me in like that escapism that they they would actually have for just, you know, a couple minutes and Claude's like, shut the fuck up. And all, that was one of my funny funny moments is when he tells Claude to clear the table and shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, just shut up and you know, we 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 need this to get through and all that. Um, I like that too. What other parts do I have here? I liked the part where uh, he's like, you have to say the thing that tells time. Little clock. <laughs> yeah. Fuck the money. It's not even about the money. Fuck the money. I lost my daddy's watch. Man, fuck that cheap ass watch, man. Oh, I apologize. That, it it got to stop some. You're right. right. One more again. One more again. See, I take all your fronts out. I swear. See how you go back to New York. <laughs> That's how you're going to be back in the car all the way back up. I'm sorry. Fuck that. Say something about the watch, Claude. Bring up the watch. In fact, just bring up watch. Right. Look like you fixing to make your mouth Ray, up to I'm, say watch. If I see you, I'm gonna whip your ass. Ray, Ray. In fact, don't even say watch no more. You can't say watch around me. Say little clock or some shit. You say watch, I'm gonna just dive on you. Ray. <laughs> that was funny. So it's his. It, Claude took too long with her. <laughs> <laughs> he should have been back down. What would you have been? What have you? What would you have done, Brent? I would have been back down before the flop. I would have broke up that poker game. No problem. <laughs> oh my god. He took too long, and so it's, it's Ray's fault for gambling. But Claude took way too long. Mm, I'm going to put it on Ray. I think, you know, Claude's not a likable guy, but he had a, a few solid points. Like, he wanted to leave. He wanted to leave right after they got the hooch. I think Claude and Ray are very similar. And I think Claude is just an, Ray's just an extension of Claude. But Claude has more of a, not a moral compass, but more of a filter or more of a... I feel like, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't take him hard long to swing into things that Ray's doing. I was confused by the scene uh, earlier in the film when they're driving to Mississippi and they stop in the white, uh, white restaurant. Like, I don't know. That was the way Claude was acting was very weird. Actually, I read I read that today that they shot that scene and all Claude's dialogue in that scene was actually ray saying it and nobody was happy with the scene so they decided for claude to act like that interesting because it would have made more sense for ray because ray has a chip on his shoulder yeah and that's where to me where i feel like ray i liked it that way because ray's more street smart yeah that's the way i liked it um what else do i got the prostitute wasn't impressive um (laughs) two dollars Two dollars. That's what it costs. You didn't sleep with her. You don't know that. Yes, they explained it that he just gave her that money for her mom's surgery. Oh, of course, yes, yes, two dollar leg surgery or something like that. He said, yeah, that in nineteen thirty two, that would have been thirty six dollars nowadays. That's still not enough. Oh, thirty six dollars? That's not a lot for five minutes work. That feels okay. I, you know what? I don't know. To give you a compliment, Catherine, I think you deserve more. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. That, that's for five minutes work, though. That's not for, that's not a half hour. That's a, you know. Um, I got a, another thing I want to talk about is Biscuit. Yeah. Um, which is the love interest of Jingling. Everyone's having a good time. They got prostitutes. They're They're dancing. Why, why does Biscuit choose that moment to go kill himself? 
Cause he was going to get out of jail and he was, he was, he didn't know what he was going to do out in the real world, especially because in prison he was accepted for being gay, but out in the real world in like the the forties and fifties, he, he would have had to live a secret life and it was just too intimidating for him. And he couldn't, he couldn't imagine life on the outside. I get that, but he's been away to six hours. <laughs> oh, you're mad. He ruined the party. Yes. <laughs> Well, sometimes that's when you're most depressed is when you're at a party. <laughs> this is the most, it was the most selfish act of this entire movie. He did ruin Jingling's party. I mean, he did. Yeah. Jingling was just dancing. <laughs> it was the most selfish act in all the movie. And I'm including all the, the, the bad, the crooked cops, all that stuff. It was, it was so selfish. Anyway, a biscuit ruined the party, which really made me upset. Um, the one of the funniest things is when they had the fight about um, the map and yes, at the bad news that uh, Eddie Murphy Ray said, "What's all this swell up shit? Taking all his air in? I don't like." You yeah, know, the, the, yeah that. That a, I I like that part too. Does this mean I'm in? Nah, you probably slow me down, Claude. You know, you gonna be out there worrying about your silverware being clean and all that shit. You know, you want them soft, motherfucker. What you say? I said you soft, so what? What you gonna do, what? Don't no man call me soft. I hate that, all right? Wait, let me slow you down, Claude. I'm a man, I called you soft, first of all. Now, I don't like you swelling all up and all. What's all this swell up shit? What's that about? What you taking in all this air for, Claude? What you feeling, huh? What's on your mind, huh? What, you gonna put your chin up? Huh? That means something to me? Because I said soft? Because I said soft, so what? I said I spell it. S-O-F, capital T, soft, huh? How you like that? What you gonna do, Claude? What you gonna do, huh? Oh. And there was just a lot of, I'm gonna get into it when we talked about our Olympic stuff. I'm just looking at more things that I wrote down. Um, you mentioned the cornbread, the fight scene. Um, he, uh, when he got up and said, I know a bitch named Della that hits harder than that. Yeah. That's a nod to Harlem Nights. Oh. He got punched by a female, and the female actress in that movie was named Della. Della Reese? Yeah, I think it was. Oh, it's the lady from, uh, what's that famous TV show? Where Touched by an angel. She's an angel. Yeah. Well, she punched Eddie Murphy, and that's a, a nod to that. That's pretty, I found that pretty cool. You guys know a sad part of the movie is when the people died and they just like faded out. And the oh. funny, the funny one was uh, Goldmouth, the big guy, and he had the dumbest like he was standing so stupidly when he died, <laughs> and it bothered me. That whole scene's dumb. I hated it. <laughs> no, I liked it. I liked it. I love shit like that. I think it showed the passage of time. There's other ways to do that. Not like have an act disappear. No, I it was very um, nostalgic. I'm like, you, you're not going to see that unless it's like a satire of that. But that was the real version. Of oh, it. did you guys know who did you maybe look this up? Who did the soundtrack? No. Oh, my God. Did you look it up, Brent? Yes. Oh, my God. I'll give you one guess, Nate. Who did the soundtrack? It's a pot. It's a infamous R and B. Oh, it's got to be R. Kelly because it was so biographical. All of the songs were like, "Ray's going to jail." <laughs> it was the worst soundtrack of any. It 
this movie could have been so much better with a different soundtrack. I totally agree. Like Peaky Blinders is so good because they use so, like modern music in like a period piece. Yeah. This, no, I the weakest part of this movie was the music. There was no blues music in it. Like, could you right. imagine how good this would have been? Even when they're in the boom boom room, the like jazz that they're playing is like it's like made on electric keyboards and stuff it sounds like so 90s it's like nah man get a big band to play some motherfucking saxophones like let's hear it in the boom boom room like i don't know I, that was to me the weakest part of the movie was the music. oh 100 it really and it really bothers me because like, even the very first song at 25 to life i'm like oh this is gonna be terrible and then it was just like that type of song the rest of the movie so it was um r kelly in um not Wyclef Sean, but um yeah it was Wyclef Sean. was it Wyclef Sean? Yeah. yeah which is yeah no that was it it was just yeah it really sounded like an r kelly white wyclef john yeah, exactly <laughs> soundtrack one part i liked about the movie was at the end how it does like the line like ray and claude now live in harlem together like they're this is a true story right <laughs> exactly so funny which, about that like which follows because the movie is so it like it tries so hard to like you know pin down this like area of racism and men in prison and all that and then just corny shit like the people disappearing montage or kelly's stupid music and then like the thing at the end yeah because they deal with a lot of shit, actually, in this movie. They do. It's interesting that, like, I remember watching this movie on TBS. Mm. It was on TBS all the time. So I would wa- I watched this movie, like, a bunch of times in bursts and stuff. And literally none of that clicked with me when I was younger. Like, when mm. I remembered this movie, I just remembered him going to get the pie. That was like the yeah. only part of the movie that yeah. really like stood out in my mind was like, yeah, he almost gets shot getting the pie and it burns his mouth. But everything else is like, it's interesting watching it as an adult being like, oh, they're trying some shit. What came here. out first? Um, Shawshank Redemption or this movie? Oh, Shawshank. Yeah. I want to say Shank is 94. Probably. Shank. Is that what the kids okay. are shorting it to? Okay. <laughs> Slow down. When you shaw some shanks in your day, you just call it Shank. You don't call it Shank ever. No, you can't. <laughs> I'm glad you called it on a cape. Shank. The Shank came oh. out in 94. <laughs> Who Not... directed the Shank? Ooh. I wouldn't have known this. I want to say... Ooh, Ron Howard, maybe? Some man named Frank Darabont. And actually, Shawshank Redemption did not perform well when it was first released. I did know that. Well, then, this movie was based off Shawshank Redemption, then. And if this had came out earlier, Shawshank would have been based off this movie. That's a good point. It did share some themes, and I don't know if those are always universal themes with any kind of, like, incarceration film, or if, you know, they were kind of being inspired by that like this movie is actually a lot more serious it's funny it's like shawshank is just a pure drama but this is actually more uh there's more heavy themes in this one than in shawshank to me more heavy themes that are lightly grazed upon yeah absolutely they didn't talk about gay stuff at all in shawshank in shank (laughs) in shank yeah and Shank has like such a happy ending in a way, like 
this one actually this the ending is pretty sad if you really think about it. it's like man they were like locked up for fucking 60 years like they killed ned Beatty. who's ned Beatty? he's the superintendent shot shot the watch thief he was gone to give them their pardon yeah but he died in the bathroom oh how would you feel finding out that news I would have just shot myself right there. I mean, one of the parts of this movie is like, man, I probably would have made a, a purposeful run to the line earlier than these guys. They really. I would have grabbed Biscuit's hand and just went with them. Yeah. Thelma Louise. <laughs> but you would have waited till after the party. Well, I don't know if I. I guess yeah, I would. I don't want to get shot, so I would not do that. You just stick it out. Yeah, that's my personality, though. You know what? Yeah. That's good. My luck, I would get glanced upon. Like, I, I would take one off the shoulder or off the hip <gasps> or something. That's funny. Yeah, you would just be maimed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it would knock your shoulder back into place. <laughs> <laughs> It'd actually help. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one time I watched this movie about, it was a true story about these guys who climbed up Everest and then shit went sideways real bad. And, uh, pretty much from minute 15 of the movie until the end of the movie, there was like 70 parts where I was like, Oh, that's where I would have given up. They're like, and then they fell down a fucking ice crevice. I'd be like, that's, I would have quit there. <laughs> and then it's like, I oh, broke his leg and he started dragging his friend. I was like, God, oh, I quit. Mm -hmm. I'd been done there. Just take a nap. It's like 70 points. All yeah. the way like, how do these guys do it? I think I, we used to be like that. And I think because of coming, becoming a mother, my, I it's it wouldn't I'm not living for me you know what I mean like I think that gives you a little bit more time when you would normally give up yeah because it's not about you yeah this is basically the plot of the last of us on HBO absolutely yes oh I give up quickly as soon as like I'd probably give up the minute I saw a mushroom head person like I could dodge probably six or seven of them but I'm gonna get winded quickly I don't have the kind of cardio to survive in that world. You just got to lay down. My kids are older now. Yeah, they're good. If anything, you'll slow them down with your shoulder and whatnot. Oh. Exactly. I would. I'd rather them have a fighting chance and let's, let's get one for the old man. No, the old man's good. You'll see me again with a big mushroom head. I'm good. My bronze medal, medal, medal is being awarded to to Mr. Ned Beatty, Beatty. He plays a very sweet, sweet man. I know. I think that's why I'm choosing it, because his character was like a, a fresh, cold glass of water. He's, uh, I believe that he is a sweet man at heart. I also believe that he could easily play a mean man. Why do you guys know so much about Ned? I never heard of this guy. Oh, he's been in everything. He's been in all the things. And he just died uh, in 2001. Sad. 2021, pardon me. Uh. <laughs> he Took was 20 in, years off the guy. He was in Toy Story 3, Rudy, Shooter, the Mark, McGuire, uh, Mark Wahlberg movie. I've never seen this man until this movie. What about you, Brent? Who gets your bronze medal? My bronze medal is probably going to go to Martin Lawrence. Yeah. Um, he did. He had to kind of play the straight man off Eddie Murphy. I don't, I don't really, anytime you have to play the opposite of Eddie Murphy, it's, you have to be funny. 
and uh, good. And he was very funny in this movie. Very humorous. He really fell off, didn't he? It's uh, it's sad actually because this was like during really during his biggest heyday. Actually, for both of them, this was kind of like they they were having big moments, both of them, and we haven't seen either of them for the very much for the last twenty years. Now, did either of you know, which I did while I was watching this, that Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence's son and daughter are engaged? I did not know that. So they're going to be related by marriage they're gonna be old motherfuckers watching a baseball game together they're gonna share grandkids so can you imagine if your grandpas were martin lawrence and eddie murphy yeah no pressure (laughs) good grief i think we're wrong about martin lawrence he was in bad boys he was in bad boys when was bad boys i feel like they come out every six years like fast and furious movies 95 2020 2003 95, 2020, 2003, 95. Yeah, so I feel like, yeah. I feel like he did enough and then just kind of enjoyed his life a little bit. And then I hope little, so. Yeah, okay. I think he had, did he have a breakdown or something like no, that? No, he passed out while running or something. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I think my, this is why we're the best movie podcast because, like, other podcasts, man, they would spend all this time, like, looking into this. But for us, it's just fun to be like, I don't know what happened. Probably. <laughs> I, hope, I hope he's okay. <laughs> I think our, I think the people that like us are also the same way. And they... Yeah. No, I'm, I'm being genuine right okay. now. <laughs> 100%. We have a demographic. Because I, I don't have any, like, facts but i have hopes i have lots of hopes for martin lawrence i hope everything's okay yeah how old is martin lawrence 59 57 brent's right on the nose he's 57 wow Wow. so he was in his 30s when he made yeah i thought eddie murphy looked good and i'm not normally attracted to eddie murphy but he could kind of get it in this movie I uh, I give my bronze medal to Bernie Mac just because oh. I miss Bernie Mac and I was so happy to see him. I, he's just he's like that Will Ferrell kind of dude where anytime he's on screen, he's just like stealing the show Absolutely. and you just makes you smile. Just makes you smile. It plays a totally different role than what his stand up is. He plays a really physical co- comic role like, and like very like like confident and like yeah for sure like he does a, a, a voice and with the lazy eye and all these like when he's pitching in the baseball yeah all those exaggerated movements and the dance he does when they win yeah it's just something you never see from him and he's my he's my uh sort of hop ahead but he's my silver medal so we don't have to spend too much time when i he's my about... silver medal too there we go i give my silver medal to martin lawrence I thought uh, he has to do the most of the dramatic acting. Like Eddie Murphy does some, but he's mostly just very funny. But Martin Lawrence has to do most of the like, I'm really upset uh, or. uh, And he I believe him. He's a really good actor. He is really good. Agree. I we've we've seen this in a couple of, of our movies. Like we saw it with Jack Black too, where you have these comedic actors and they get put in a box kind of for being funny, but they're really fucking good at acting and doing real emotions and stuff, make you feel things. I agree. Very good. 
who's your gold medal? My gold medal goes to someone who was not even on screen for but 10 seconds, but who was the complete opposite of their real persona. And that would be Rick James as Spanky Johnson. I would have had no idea that that was Rick James. Me neither. No, and you're right. He looked completely different and was not overtly personality at all. And so he gets my gold medal for acting. Ah, quick little note about Rick, uh, Rick James. The limp he had on screen was not acting. He just had hip replacement surgery. Oh, hmm. but it worked. Worked perfectly. Who's your gold medal winner? My gold medal has to be Eddie Murphy. I Me feel too. like I gave my goal to Eddie too. It's just, I feel like I'm going to like everything he's in solely based on raw and delirious. Cause they're the two best standups in my opinion. Um, and then every movie he's in is funny other than the, we talked about his, that little stretch he had, but any actor that you can tell that the line they just said is ad libbed or made up or a rewrite. And is funny is that's I love that kind of stuff. Like he for sure came up with that sucking wind. Oh yeah, when you're yeah swelling all up and stuff like that. Yeah, that's yeah. for sure. And um, he's just so charismatic. Like I, this movie reminded me. I'm like, oh man, why the fuck hasn't this guy been in a movie every single year since 1999? This is crazy. Like he's just a naturally funny person and. Like I see, there's a scene where he's talking to the baseball scout and uh, but the baseball scout says, oh, this is good hooch. And they start talking about can't get right. And then the guy stands up and he's like, well, I got to get on the road now, guys. And he puts the bottle in his pocket, gets in the car. And it's a real serious moment. Like, hey, make sure you put a good word in for us. And very suddenly, Eddie Murphy looks at Martin Lawrence and he didn't mind taking off my drink now, did he? <laughs> and I can just tell, you can just tell that's ad-libbed and hilarious because Martin Lawrence laughs when he says it. Yeah. And there's they're very good together. And there was a scene where um, they're on they're standing on top of the bottles and Martin Lawrence says, my toe got stuck in the bottle. <laughs> yeah. That actually happened. And Eddie Murphy breaks character and they kept it in the movie. Yeah. I love that stuff. I liked that the, it during the credits when they showed the sort of outtake shots and bernie mac gets everyone in the whole kitchen to laugh you fuck around with me it's gonna be consequences and repercussions what's repercussions uh-oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. i didn't see the outtakes yeah what? the outtakes are great oh i'll have to google them are they on? They're on. I watched this on Netflix. Me too. Yeah, they're at the end of Netflix. A, what a what a pleasure! Just surprised to find it on Netflix. I know. I know. Do we have a quiz? Oh, we have a quiz. Ooh, Ooh doggy. I do have multiple choice options, but if you know the answer, you don't have to wait for the multiple choice options. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Get, the, get the sneaky point. All right. This is the official life quiz. Number one, the name of the club owner where Ray and Claude first meet Ooh. is. I know. Wow. Go ahead. Spanky Johnson. Spanky is correct. 
Um, this is kind of in chronological order based on the film too. Uh, there may be one or two questions out of the order, but for you guys, mm-hmm. the scene where Claude gets accosted by the two uh, men in the bathroom and they take the money out of his wallet and they can't, he owed $50 to a somebody, a loan shark, I imagine, but they can't today with how much money out of his wallet, Ooh, I think which I was know. two weeks pay. I know. I'll guess first. I think it's twenty three dollars. I'll guess the same. Twenty three. You guys are incorrect. He's heating up. It's twenty two. It is twenty two. Bullshit. So they the, the my questions were or my answers were eleven, twenty two, thirty three, and forty four. We would have had it if we had waited, but we got cocky. Yep. A few moments later. In the movie, Ray and Claude are at the docks after with uh, Spanky's uh, henchman, and Ray asks Claude, "Did you dine and ditch?" And he said yes. And he said, "Was it over ten dollars?" And he said yes. What was the punishment that Ray figured Claude would get? Oh, I know. So Catherine gets her chance to pick first. I don't. I don't know. I need the multiple choice. Nate, do you know the answer without the multiple choice? Just a pinky. So, the multiple choice questions or answers are he's going to break your hand, your thumb, your leg, or your arm. I'm saying leg, but I don't think that's right. I'm going to say hand. The correct answer is thumb. He's on fire! As you recall, Claude said, I need these I need these fingers for the adding machine. That was hard. I guess pinky. I guessed hand. I just, you were all over I that. I was all digit. around it. But there's one special thing about humans, and it's that thumb. <laughs> that opposable <laughs> thumb gets you every time. It'll get you. He is heating up, as the sound effect just said. <laughs> um, this is not in chronological order. Oof, I struggled with that word. But Claude's lawyer, who eventually took off his wife, took off with Claude's wife, is named... Mm, multiple choice. I do too. Okay, the four options are for Claude's lawyer is Melvin, Marvin, Mm. Marlin, or Martin. What's the first one? Melvin. Melvin. Marvin. Marvin. Marlin. Marlin. Or Martin. You go first, Nate Dog. I'm going to say Marlin. What was the first one? Melvin? It's Melvin. It's Melvin. The correct answer is Melvin stole Claude's wife. Give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I want to get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. After the scene where Biscuit died, selfishly, they were all sad <laughs> in the bunks, and Radio was able to channel the station from what city? I don't feel like I saw that scene. They were all sad in the bunkhouse, and it was just about before Can't Get Right was going to leave, and Radio was fiddling around with the knobs, and he was able to say, hey guys, I got... And it was a station from what city? Let's hear those multiple choice. Your multiple choice options are New York... Boston, St. Louis, and Chicago. 
Well, I'm just going to say St. Louis because that makes the most sense. Okay. I was, I'm going to, I'm going to say Chicago. Radio said, hey guys, I got Chicago. This is annihilated. Whoa, no. Shohei Otani home run. We are at number six. Will you say, if if we do multiple choices again, will you call them multi-choices? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Nate was able to steal that point away from Catherine by using the multi-choices. <laughs> so I think Nate earlier in the episode said that most of this movie takes place in a prison, correct? I did. I said it. I said okay, it. Okay, you said it. All right. So... At what time in the movie did they go to jail? The first the first shot of the jail. What time? Time signature. The movie is one hour and 48 minutes. How many minutes into this movie before they went to actual jail? 30. I, I, I want the multiple choice. You don't get the multi-choices because Catherine said 30 and got it correct. Wow. Thank you so much. The thirty-minute mark. So I would have guessed movie, earlier. I would have guessed yeah, earlier because I I was watching it and I was like, wow, they're just going now, and it was thirty minutes. That the judge goes life. Yeah, because that's to me the courtroom scene was so fast. I was like, that must be minute seventeen with that fast courtroom scene. Exactly. It's a one-word scene. So there's thirty minutes with out of the prison. And then there's, I think, 28 minutes at the end of the movie where they're not in the prison. So only not even half of that movie spent in prison. I I retract what I said earlier. But I would have thought the same thing. I felt felt like most of the movie was in the jail. Nope. Nope. It feels like it when you're in there, though. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Number seven. The word fuck. It said how many times during the entire film? Oh my gosh. How are we? Did you count them or did you get this information? I may be off work, but I'm not that off work. <laughs> yeah, that's a Google. Would you guys like the multiple choice? I'd like the multiple choice, yeah. All right. The word fuck is said 43, 53, 63, or 73 times. C, 63. I'm going 53. The correct answer, the word fuck, is said in the movie live 63 times. This is annihilated. Whoa, no! Yes. Um, So we're at the last question. I don't know what the the score is. Is it a 2-2-2? Oh no, Kate, you're you got three. We got three for you, two for Nate, two for Brent. Okay. It's a big one then. It's a big one. I'm gonna have to go to sudden death. So the last question is that at the end of the movie they finally did manage to escape. What age was Ray when they escaped? Would you like the multi choices? I definitely would unless Catherine has a guess. Sixty nine. I was kidding. <laughs> uh the ages are he was eighty eight. 89, 90, or 91? I'm going to say 91. I'm going to say 90. 
Ray Gibson was the age 90 when he escaped. This is annihilated. Wow. Whoa, no. What a comeback for Nate. I, Big comeback. I, I can't believe it. I counted myself out early in this one. Okay. <laughs> Big comeback. Damn it. Two-part overtime question. Two-part overtime question. Annually, in prison, the baseball team, they play another camp for a prize. What other camp number do they play, and what is the prize? I know the prize, but I don't know the number. So this is at multi-choices. You can get multi-choices if you want multi-choices. Would you like multi-choices? I do. The camp they play every year that wins the prize is Camp 6, Camp 8, Camp 10, Camp 12. I'm going to guess... Do you want to go first? Or would you like me to go first? Camp no, go right ahead. I'm going to guess 12. Camp 6. Camp 8 plays Camp 12 every year. This is annihilated. Wow. Whoa! No! <gasps> Shut up! And I know the prize is a pig. It's a pig pig roast. Catherine, you had it. This is like a failed escape temp with Roy and Claude. I don't even have the words to describe what I'm feeling right now. Nate comes out of nowhere. I feel like I've let down all of women everywhere. <sighs> Nate, you won. Congratulations. You guys, if if people like this movie, what movie should they watch next? They should watch Harlem Nights. It's basically the same movie. <laughs> That's got Richard Pryor, too. Yeah, it's basically the same thing. I don't know, because I've only watched this once, so... I, I have a few suggestions. The first one that came to mind was my favorite Eddie Murphy movie. Actually, there's a lot of great Eddie Murphy movies. Uh, Trading Spaces, for sure. <gasps> yes. And then uh, Bowfinger is also, if you haven't seen Bowfinger, that's probably the funniest Eddie Murphy performance to me. I love that movie. Uh, Those are good, Rex. I think people would like uh, Sha The Shank. <laughs> Oh, people would love the shank. <laughs> if you like guys in prison, you'll love the shank. Yeah. That's like if you were feeling this movie, just wait till you see the shank. Have you guys heard of the Grimile? <laughs> the Grimile? We call in Canada it's the green two point two kilometers. <laughs> the green two point two kilometers. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that's our version of it. Oh. That's funny. That's good. Do you have a suggestion, Brent? Uh, Harlem Nights was my suggestion, legit. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's yeah. basically the same kind of like ensemble cast, funny Eddie Murphy movie with serious undertones. Uh, to go back to what Brent talking about the makeup in the movie, uh, the be uh, this movie received an Oscar nomination for Best Makeup. It looked great. I believe they were old as fuck when they were old. Yeah. Are we going to give them a score or no? It's okay. Not oh, to. yeah, let's. We got to.
first category is script. On a scale of one to ten, how much did you like this script? I'm gonna give it a seven. I'm also gonna give it a seven. You know what? That's right where I was feeling too. I feel like it was not it was neither offensive nor incredible. I bet the funniest moments were Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence improvising funny shit. So I think seven is I think seven's a nice score for the script. Good, good, good. How good. about mu music's next? I, this is oh, not this is not where it's gonna thrive. Yeah. I'm gonna give it uh three. I hated it so much. I'm gonna give it a three as well. I'm gonna be a little bit nicer. I'm gonna give it a five, but oh, I noted our Kelly sympathizer. Nice. <laughs> you guys just don't understand yeah, him it's pressure it's show business it's a lot of pressure what's a three and three and five divided that's by eight three? plus five is 13 divided by three is 4.2 maybe 4.3 you nailed it 4.3 rough We'll get you guys on that. 4.3 is going to break. I didn't pick this movie because it's like one of the best movies of all time. No, Britt, this was a great choice. This was just a good friendship, like different kind of spin on it. You know what? I'm having a flashback. I bet how well this fits into the theme was the category that I forgot last week. Mm. And replaced with acting, so we're gonna do that. At Let's the end. switch it up. Yeah, we're gonna switch. It's better. It's a much better category because we kind of did acting with the gold medals. You know, we kind of yes. go over that. Okay, art direction. So that's you know all the sets, all the costumes, the props. I liked it. Me too. I'm gonna give it an eight. I'm gonna give it a nine. You could tell there was no CGI. I loved all the, <laughs> I loved all the prisons outfits, the hats. Sure. I loved all the hats. They were dirty. <laughs> the dirt yeah. was well placed. It they felt had really dirty. They had really dirty. Prison everybody bodies. felt dirty the whole movie. That's what I yeah. liked. Yes, it smelled. And there was no, yep. there was no shots with people's shirts off for no reason. It was just everyone was dirty. No nips. No nips. You know what? I'm with you. I'm giving this a nine. I, I loved it. Everything was good. So nine plus nine plus eight. I didn't like the way three. the old guy held the cigarette between the, the middle finger. Ooh, I noticed and the that too. Finger. That's I noticed that too, but, but I thought it was pretty fucking cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I was going to give it a 10, but he gets nine for the cigarette placement. Uh, what's eight plus nine plus nine divided by three? 8.6. Did you do that on a calculator? I, my fingers can't move that fast. It's just the old Brett brain. It's the old brain calculator. Best calculator of all, one would say. Divided by three. 8.6 is right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. We bec- Now, this one's a little tricky because the, uh, the first two movies were obviously comedies. This I would call, a, uh, this could be a period comedy. This could be a comedy drama. That's what it's in Wikipedia. It's an American buddy comedy drama. Are we going to, we are a movie podcast. We could say it's a dramedy. It's a dramcom. It's a dramcom. Dramcom. I love it. <laughs> it's a dramcom. Yeah, this is a dramcom. 
So as we have to, we, it's not just how funny is this, how dramatic it is. What? How do you feel about uh, the the Dramonicon dram- here? <laughs> I'm not really sure about what the question is. <laughs> Um, but I laughed out loud several times, and I almost cried once, so I'm going to give it a nine. Wow. We have Merritt Lawrence, Eddie Murphy, Bernie Mac, heavy hitters in the comedy world. So the comedy's up there. We got systemic racism. We have misfortune of just being innocent and thrown in jail. We got... Gay guys getting shot across the gun line, ruining parties. The drama, <laughs> ruining parties. The drama is 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 there. If it hits, it's every, high. Now, is it heavy handed the way they treated all these issues? Of course, there's only so much you can do in an hour and forty eight minutes. They touched on them. I just wanted to say heavy handed. Yeah, you're right. What, what's your score? Oh. Uh, <laughs> Nine. Nine. I'm going to give it a nine, too. I think it fulfills both. You know, it was a little little, uh, heavy-handed to invent a phrase. (laughs) but uh, You know, you got those heavy hands. You're not delicate in handling everything properly. Mm -hmm. What if your hands were heavy? That would suck. Oh, but you think you could hit stuff real good. You'd have to, like, use your momentum to slap someone. Mm, Like you're talking some real heavy boys. (laughs) Like picture driving, you can make a turn and you just end up on the sidewalk. Hand comedy is very funny, I think. What's very funny? Hand comedy. I don't even know what it means. <laughs> I know what I know what it means. I, I can't explain. I know it. You're I know just you're actually just imagining someone with really heavy hands and you didn't know what to do with them and he's swinging them all around. Kate lost it during the Simpsons episode with the guy with the really big hands. Yeah. <laughs> My brother-in-law does this funny thing where he acts like his hands are dog paws and he like tries to do things with them. And it's really funny. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good hand comedy. Hand comedy. Yeah. 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 I'm a hand comic. <laughs> the uh, final category is how well does this movie fit into our theme of friendship? Oh, man. I'm giving this a solid 10 on that one. Oh, you have to give it a 10. They went through prison together for 40 years. That's, if that's not friendship. 60. 60. And then moved in together in Harlem. And they didn't talk to each other for a couple of years. Yeah, that's friendship. That's, that's legit. Yeah. That was a heavy handed scene, but. Shut up. <laughs> it was. No, it and wasn't. It, it wasn't played. It just, oh, it just, they They fumbled. were standing on bottles. That's what I didn't understand. Is that very challenging? Like, that doesn't seem that torturous. It seems like it would be hard. Yes. <laughs> Let's, now's the real math test, Brent. I can do, I, I have my calculator. Okay. 7 plus 4.3 plus 8.6 plus 9 plus 10. Is a uh, 38.9. 38.9. Not bad. It's the music. This would have had a great score. If it had a great score. Oh, oh that was good. We are a movie podcast. 38.9. So Tenacious D got 42.7. So we scored that a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. And then I don't remember what Hot Rod got. 
I'll totally smoothly enter in me saying the score right now in a way that nobody would be able to tell the difference. 41.2. Hot rod, God. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm, I'm going to do. <laughs> Why is this so fun? Fucking Jesus Christ. It feels so good to laugh. Hot rod. <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna die there, bro. Why do I always end up sweating by the end of this? Oh, I'm sweating too. I had a blanket on my legs. Like, I was some kind of, like, fucking nun in a wheelchair. Like FDR. (laughs) That's what I was trying to think of. That's, I got a blanket around my, I'm like smoking a cigarette. Like, today is a podcast that will live in infamy. (laughs) Do we have a, so the next week's episode, we need a new theme. That's the last thing on our agenda is we got to choose a theme for next month. Do you have any, I, anything yet you want to do, Brent? I was trying to think of today, like April, what's April of like April fools, springtime. And we just did like a bunch of comedy ones. So I was going to say like April fools, but that's like, who's a fool that we could, uh, I mean, I oh, imme- I immediately thought of that fool, Ace Ventura. I thought Jim Carrey too. I thought of uh, Steve Martin. I think we should do April Fools. I think we could come up with some fool movies. Bunch of fools. Okay. Straight up fools, April Fools. That will be our theme. I know what I'm going to choose. Oh, if you know it, how about you go first then? If you know what you're going to choose, my choice for April's theme of April Fools is. The comedy classic starring the comedy icon, The Jerk, starring Steve Martin. We're going to the cinema, folks. It is humorous. We'll see about that. Don't give anything away. Do you not like Steve Martin, though, Brent? I don't want to hear you dog on Steve Martin for two hours. We'll see when I see The Jerk. Oh, my God. (laughs) If he lives up to the title. Oh, my God. I'm going in with, with open eyes and open heart. That's all I can do. Okay. This will be one of the older films we've seen. This was in 1979. I don't even think they used any colors on this movie. <laughs> no CGI in this one. Cool. All right. Well, I guess we'll see you next week for the beginning of our April Fool's theme month, starting with Steve Martin's The Jerk. Huzzah. Say goodnight, Kate. Good night, Kate. Good night, Kate. In the history of motion pictures, only a select few performers have become immortalized by the roles they have portrayed. Consider the vamp, the champ, the tramp. And now the most perfect casting of all, Steve Martin, the jerk. It was never easy for me. I was born a poor black child. Meet Navin Johnson. He's poor. You mean I'm gonna stay this color? And he's eager. This is the kind of music that tells me to go out there and be somebody! But Navin... Let him go. I know I don't But despite life's cruel twists of fate... why I'm spearheading the $10 million class action suit against Mr. Johnson as irresponsible selling of a product he didn't even test on prisoners. No matter how hot the action or how great the odds, 
he proved himself an inspiration to jerks everywhere. I'm gonna buy you a diamond so big, it's gonna make you puke. Steve Martin. See that? Be somebody. He may not be perfect, but he's the only jerk we've got. Steve Martin, the jerk. Yellow. The jerk. That's right. Steve Martin, can you tell the difference? I am not a bum. I'm a jerk. I got a good base. I'd be up there for hours. <laughs> Brett carries all his weight in his feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's gained some weight and his shoe size goes up. Yeah, that's that's a funny concept. We so far we come up with a hand comic and now we're working on feet comic. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>